Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, Bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown. I am the host of Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to follow the Ambitious Obsession Network on Twitter at the Ambitious Obs and Instagram at the Ambitious Net. This podcast episode is the part two of Spiritual Awakening, my previous podcast episode, and I wanted to focus on the third eye, but we will see what happens. Now that you have an understanding of spiritual enlightenment and awakening and my thoughts on on both of them, we can go into chakras. I wanted to dedicate a podcast episode to chakra, but decided that the best option is to put it in this podcast episode since the third eye is considered a chakra. Now, what is chakra? Chakras are various focal points used in a variety of ancient meditation practices collectively dominates or dominated as tantra or esoteric or inner traditions of hinduism now upon hearing uh, that definition keep all of that in mind so originally i wanted to do a podcast episode towards the end of the season or maybe during the summertime on hinduism but i am not sure because I don't really know very much about the Hindu uh, religion. So I'm still thinking about it. I just want to throw it out there before I continue. (laughs) The concept of the chakra arose in the early traditions of Hinduism. The chakra system originated in India between 1500 to or and 500 BC in the oldest text called the Vedas. I wanted to list the evidence of chakra, but decided not to do so because I was afraid to torch the names that I was presented in front of me and have the Indian people come after me uh, for my lack of pronunciation or my terrible pronunciation. Worst thing I could do is disrespect a culture by missing the pronunciation. So I am going to skip that and you can therefore go and research the origins of Hinduism and how chakra arose in that going forward. Chakra, which we spell as C-H-A-K-R-A, is also spelled C-A-K-R-A. In a wheel, any of the number of psychic energy centers of the body, prominently in the occult physiological practices of certain form of Hinduism and Tantric Buddhism. While chakras aren't mentioned specifically in the Bible, we can see that it is possible that just as God created our bodies with pathways for energy to flow, nerves, blood, lymph, and meridians, he also created those energy centers throughout the body to receive and transmit energy messages. There are seven chakras, and I'm going to list them right now, and then we're going to go through them uh, for the next phase of this podcast episode. There are seven chakras. The first is the crown. The second is the third eye. The third is the throat. Fourth is the heart. Five is the solar plex. Sixth would be sacral, and seventh would be root. The chakra disc or wheel, depending on who is talking about it, are energy centers in your body. 
These wheels or discs spin energy. Each corresponds to certain nerves, bundles, and major organs. To function at their best, your chakra needs to stay open or balanced. If they get blocked, you may experience physical and emotional symptoms related to a particular chakra. Those seven main chakras that run along your spine, they start at the root or base of your spine and extends to the crown of your head. So let's start from the bottom up. And one of the reasons why we're starting from the bottom up is that when you are attempting to open your third eye, you will need to start from the bottom up with your chakras. You can't just open one chakra, such as the third eye, all by itself. You actually need to start from the root going up to all through the chakras and opening each and every one of them until you get to the third eye and then you open the crown for it to be effective. Let's start from the bottom because that is how you are supposed to activate each chakras or open them as well. So the root chakra is located at the base of the spine. It provides you with a base or foundation for life and it helps you to feel grounded and able to withstand challenges. Your root chakra is responsible for your sense of security and stability. Number six, sacral chakra is located below your belly button. This chakra is responsible for your sexual and creative energy. It's also linked to how you relate to your emotions as well as the emotions of others. Number five, the solar plex chakra is located in your stomach area. It's responsible for your confidence and self-esteem, as well as helping you feel in control of your life. Number four, heart chakra, is located near your heart, in the center of your chest. The heart chakra is also about our ability to love and show compassion. Number three, throat chakra, is located in your throat. This chakra has to do with your ability to communicate verbally. Number two, third eye chakra is located between your eyes. This chakra is for a strong gut instincts. The third eye is responsible for intuition. It is also linked to imagination. And the last, which is the crown chakra, is located at the top of your head. Your crown chakra represents your spiritual connection to yourself, others, and the universe. It also plays a role in your life's purpose. The location of the chakras that's out of balance may affect the part of your body in close proximity to that chakra. This includes your organs, bones, joints, and tissues near that area. Imbalance in the chakra may cause an emotional imbalance. This may lead to increased anger, sadness, fear, and indecisiveness. Experiencing too much stress physically and mentally may cause one or more chakra to be out of balance. Personal habits such as poor physical alignment or posture, eating unhealthy foods, or self-destructive behavior may cause a chakra to be imbalanced. I feel as though when people say your body is your temple, that statement I just shared is the embodiment of that statement. <laughs> the prolonged imbalance 
can lead to physical diseases and illnesses, musculoskeletal issues, and mental health challenges like depression and anxiety. A great way to promote balance in a chakra is to create alignment in your physical body through yoga poses or posture, breathing practices to encourage the flow of energy, meditation to bring about clarity of mind. Each chakra has a color and meaning. Understanding the color and their meaning can help you visualize and balance them more effectively. We explain the meaning first and now we're going to go over the colors and mind you these colors do have meaning as well so when it comes to meditation for example sometimes people will sit there and meditate on the color that they want to focus on in order to open some of these chakras and so when they do that they visualize the color and the meaning of each color to help with that the root chakra color is red which represents the security or caution the affirmation that some people might use in the morning when they wake up in the morning uh, during breathing exercises by saying i am safe to yourself in the morning as you are doing your breathing exercises so sacral chakra is orange which represents emotional state and sense of creativity the affirmation for this during your breathing exercises should be i am creative What I didn't mention before is that this chakra needs to be cleared of stuck energy from traumas and pent-up emotions in order to heighten your creativity and ability to express your truest self. Solar plex chakra is yellow. The color yellow represents the ability to tap into light of a thousand suns, which sounds amazing. That exists within you. Focusing on the color yellow in the upper part of your abdominal can help you feel strong, confident, motivated, and powerful. Heart chakra is green, which is surprising because I figured it would be red, but it's actually green. The color represents the ability to give and receive compassion, um, expansion, empathy, service, kindness, health, and healing. The throat chakra is blue. The color represents open space, freedom, intuition, imagination, inspiration, and sensitivity. This color also represents the meaning of depth, trust, loyalty, sincerity, wisdom, confidence, stability, faith, and intelligence. Um, That's one of the reasons why I decided to... Uh, decorate my bedroom with the color blue there's an inspiration of color of blue all through my bedroom and I never understood why you know I woke up one day and I just kept seeing a vision in my dream of having blue in my bedroom I wanted blue curtains like light blue like the sky I wanted pictures with blue I wanted flowers that had blue I wanted all white look but but little blues all over the place and I never understood it but now that I have been doing this research on chakra and finding out that the throat chakra is is blue and what blue actually represents it kind of makes me understand why I woke up one morning and just felt that I'm gonna paint my entire home uh white (laughs) because somehow the color white brings me peace 
And each room is going to have, you know, a, a specific tailoring with a specific color and kind of go from there. And I, I started with the, the bedroom and I chose the bedroom. It's going to be a splash of blue. And so far I have a splash of blue everywhere. I don't, I haven't found any, any blue sheets as of yet um, to complete the look of my room. And I moved to my dining room, which is more, you know, orange, reds with the white um, color of the background. And I like to have each individual section of my home to have a, an inspiration, an inspiration of, of color. And now that I'm, like I said, reading all of this and, and connecting the colors with chakra, I do notice that there's certain colors throughout all of this that I'm truly into. Like the green, for example, I love green, which is why I have a lot of green plants all over my home. It's it's just it's just interesting up, upon sharing this with you how how these colors that I'm I'm mentioning has has some influence in my life. But let's continue to the third eye chakra. Um, the color for that is either indigo or purple. And again, I even have purple clothing. <laughs> I love purple. This color represents wisdom. The third eye is all about connecting to your intuition and inner vision. Having a clear and open third eye chakra can help you to see the world in a whole new way. I still haven't figured out how I'm going to incorporate purple in my home. I've noticed that I've incorporated purple within my within my wardrobe, but I have not. I feel like when I do end up moving to a, a bigger location that I will have a room that has inspiration of purple in in it as well. Not that I should be sharing this, but I mean, as I'm going through this on the podcast episode, I'm just looking at it going, damn, I do really do these things um, in my in my daily life. I didn't realize I was incorporating these colors that represents chakra in my world. Um, just woke up one morning and just made a decision just like that. And the last one is the crown chakra, which is violet or white. Again, my entire home is is white. What was the specific color that I used? I believe it was frosted white. That's what I painted my home. So it, it looks really, really white. It's, it's beautiful. It's not off-white. It's not a pearl-looking color. It's, it's frosted white because I really wanted that potency of white. So here I am reading now to you about the crown chakra and white or violet being a color uh, of the halo basically that we all wear on our heads the crown chakra radiates upwards and outwards connecting you to your soul higher self purpose the the universe source of the divine the color represents spirituality enlightenment and consciousness i feel that the third eye and the crown chakra has to be open for you to experience the full effect of what you are trying to establish in your life so i just wanted to to keep that or at least share that with you so that if you do decide that you want to do this properly and open these chakras that you are going to have to start from the root all the way to the crown and you're going to have to do it gradually understand that you're not supposed to force these chakra open if they are closed or if they're blocked because that's not how it works 
you are supposed to allow your body to do it gradually. So it might happen in a week, it might happen in a month, it might happen in a few months, depending on your body, depending on your mindset, but you're not supposed to just sit there, focus every single day. It has to be open, it has to be open, it has to be open. My third eye has to be open because if you force it open, and the rest of your chakra channels are blocked, it's just, it's not going to be good for you. It's going to mean that you have an imbalance in your body and you're not doing it properly and it's going to affect you in a negative way. Some people would say that if you were to open the third eye and the root and all the chakras leading up to the third eye has not been unblocked or open, they would say, you know, some of the symptoms that you could experience would be insanity. But I, I hope that's not the case. I would use the term imbalanced rather than sanity <laughs> or insanity um, because I just don't like the term. I feel like I'm already a, a tad bit crazy to imagine myself being crazier would just suck. So I just wanted to put that out there. I would advise that you do not force open the third eye do it gradually, take your time with it, and allow your body to just feel through each and every of the of the chakras that you're opening from the root up until it reaches your halo and you experience the awakening and the enlightenment that you feel before that, but at tenfold. So the third eye means to perceive and to command. It requires surrender. It is believed that you can see things as they are without the shadows of the ego. If the third eye is misaligned, tradition holds that they, there may be symptoms such as headaches or migraines, dizziness, anxiety, or problems with vision or hearing. There are multiple ways to heal, balance, and stimulate the third eye chakra using yoga poses that stimulate the forehead can be useful child pose or penguin pose um, seated forward bend pose hip open pose and eagle pose if you are into yoga you will know what majority of those poses are but for others um, that are going through the process of opening all the chakras leading to the third eye they should definitely research certain yoga poses that they should be doing daily uh, in order to to stimulate that the healing balance of their chakras going forward you can also practice kundalini yoga which is more spiritual practice compared to other types of yoga this is the first time i've ever heard of this type of yoga and i'm definitely going to be doing my research on it i do know that in the past i have done yoga and it's one of the best things i have ever done and i'm i'm still upset that i stopped doing it and there has been times every year where i remembered you need to do yoga and somehow something would happen to prevent me from doing that i just found that doing yoga gave me such a peace like it calmed my mind it calmed my body and i just felt like i was completely open and free but i've never heard of that type of yoga before so now i'm going to be looking into it um, most of the yogas that I did before were central to the yoga poses that I mentioned before, like the child pose, the penguin pose, the seated forward bend pose. Um, 
I haven't done the hip pose as of yet in any yoga or the eagle pose, but I th- yeah, yeah, I did do the eagle pose, but I, I've never understood, I did not know that there was significance to each poses until doing this research on, on the chakras and opening these different steps and chakras. And so looking back, I mean, I guess I've been, I've been doing this for years prior and it never clicked to me that that's what I was doing, that it was all a part of the awakening process, um, that it was all, I'm trying to remember when I actually started doing yoga and I'm trying to think back, but maybe I'll remember as I go through this podcast episode, when I actually started doing it, I know I did it when I used to go to church And it was during a time where I was really stressed out and I couldn't really figure out a direction in my life because, again, every direction I went through or went into, it just kind of fell apart. So maybe those weren't the right path for me. So I found that I needed to kind of quiet my mind and I needed to quiet my heart and my emotion and somehow overcome the stress I was feeling just not knowing where I was going and the anxiety that I produced trying to be something I wasn't. And so yoga was very helpful during that period of time so i was like i didn't realize that's what i was doing i really didn't realize that's what i was doing you know you're spiritual (laughs) when your mind and your body is telling you this is what you need to do but you have no idea why you need to do it and you feel the benefits of doing it not understanding fully that it was all a part of a process of enlightenment as well as awakening as i mentioned before the other techniques that you could do uh, to opening each of these these uh, chakras is by practicing medication and breathing techniques. And I mentioned that the last podcast episode, how profound breathing has been in my life. And I fell off of it, but I'll be getting back on it. Uh, these techniques are used to open the third eye chakra. And you can also work with a healer. I've never met a healer before. Um, or maybe I have, I think I have met a healer before, but I'm I'm not sure if she was really a healer. I knew it was a business that she was trying to push. And I feel like she took a lot of components from maybe a healer that she has met in the past, like, um, sitting down outside and, um, basically folded, folded your legs and, you know, you burn incense around you and you go, you go through a, a meditation. And so she wanted to create, uh, this experience here in Canada, which of course you can still experience that if you if you connect with a lot of the indigenous people and healers within their community, they can do this for you. So I feel that's where she got it from. Like she met with a few of them and decided to incorporate that into into her business and wanted to push that forward. And I thought, all right, well, that's that's pretty cool. And I met her when I was in college uh, doing a business program. And our job was to kind of go out and find businesses and, and learn about them and also help them through their process of building a business. And that's the way that the, the college decided that was the best way for us to learn how to, to be a business owner, how to manage a business and, and understand maybe the intricate parts that they can't teach you in school you can actually learn from first-hand experience working with someone who's building a business and that's how we met her and so it still kind of felt odd and i don't want to say this but because she was a, a white woman it was very difficult especially when you see her lifestyle and realize that the business and her lifestyle are not the same um 
so when she's in her business, she's showing you all of these things and she wants you to experience the full experience of what her business is going to provide to communities. So she wanted to kind of branch out and have companies or government agencies in Canada send their their employees there on a retreat and they would experience the meditation and the healing and all of that stuff and burning of the incense. But it just didn't feel like it was a part of her. And I feel that that was the problem. I just felt like she was taking it from somewhere else and trying to have that lived experience. But I mean, when you went to her home or, you know, you talked to her, it, it was just, it all it just feels like she was winging it. And because it wasn't authentic, it was very hard for me to buy into it with her. The, the confidence of what she was doing was really not there because she knew that she was taking it from someone else and trying to create a business out of it and make money off of it. And that's that's where she lost me with the disconnect. So finding a healer is very important, but there are a lot of charlatans out there who want to be a healer. Like there's, that's their idea. They want to encompass that. They want to take on that identity. Um, because maybe they thought it was cool in that moment or the experience that they experienced was so cool that they feel like they can mimic it and put it into give it to other people and because of that you have to somehow be able to see the truth to feel the truth to hear the truth and being enlightened and being being awakened would would actually put you in a position where you'll be able to identify a real healer from someone who just wants to play healer and that's the point that i'm trying to to make with this conversation or 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 at least sharing this story (laughs) some practitioners suggest that it's best to start with the first chakra and work your way towards the sixth as i mentioned um before you should not open the third eye chakra without making sure that you start from the root and you open all of them leading up to the third eye and of course if you want to enhance that experience i would suggest you open your crown because it will will open it will give you access to to different dimensions it could give you access to the universe and you can literally feel the earth feel the earth um, if all seven are open we have seen the use of third eye in movies most recent one is dr strange multiverse i felt that it was a symbol of the character's elevation from from peace from the peace he felt after releasing himself from the pain he felt from letting the love of his life go i hope i explained that properly but let me try it again so the character dr strange was in love with a woman named christine he had to choose between the path that he's going down or spending the rest of his life with her and so she ended up making that decision to move past him and fall in love with somebody else and he attended that wedding and so even though watching her walk down the aisle to be married to somebody else, he still felt in his spirit like he lost the love of his life. And technically he did, but he had to go through the seven stages of grief through characters that he was interacting with in the movies such as The Witch um, and watching how that grief had just made her spiral and do some terrible things and make terrible decisions and he he had to witness all of this not realizing that 
what she's suffering from is something that he was suffering from and he had to almost rise above that but he was also in the process of healing as he was going through it without really his knowledge so when the third eye uh was opened it was it's a symbol of his inner peace the inner peace with all the decisions he made leading up to the place to this place that he is in presently he did not fear death. Uh, we saw that in both films. He experienced a spiritual awakening uh, in the first film, basically. The entire film was, was a constant reflection of choices he made for the second film, The Multiverse. He faced with the, thought he, the thoughts he had and the outcome of the versions of himself who acted on those thoughts. He learned in in the end to not make the same decisions, relying on others and not to let his trauma, his childhood trauma, affect his avail- ability to love or let people in. He was a new man in the end and that there were consequences to his decisions and that with power comes great responsibilities. We went through the seven stages of grief th- through the film even though the film didn't portray it well but i understood because i've been through it when you open your third eye you will experience an awakening an enlightenment implosion explosion breakdown breakthrough and arrival some people may experience it as this um, but in my experience it felt like i was going through the seven stages of grief and which is why i focused on that point in the first podcast episode for this topic uh, because some people might understand it that way and other people might understand it as awakening enlightenment implosion explosion breakdown breakthrough and arrival that's that's how they would describe what they experience upon you know opening their third eye I can't verify if my third eye is completely opened, but I know it's a gradual thing and I know that it's going to take some time and I might not even be aware when it's completely open. It just might happen one day where I just realize that I'm seeing things a lot differently than I I saw it before. And I do notice that there are, are certain times where I do see people and I see something that they may not have seen or I react based on instincts because I just felt that this person's this person's energy is giving off something that that isn't right. You will arrive at a deeper truth than you were once aware of and living for. Spiritual coach Carrie Swalwell explores what happens when you open your third eye in meditation or other spiritual practices so some of the things that i'm going to be talking about going forward um in the next five minutes uh will kind of touch on what this spiritual coach is referring to so let's begin the third eye is our intuitive intuitive center it is the binding structure of our higher self and our conscious self the part of us that is all-knowing and the part of us that is only aware of our experiences, emotions, and body. It is through the process of surrender, uh, surrendering our control and limited vision of how our life will unfold so that we can arrive at the greater truth of what is. Where we are at the level of 
existence and non-existence, we can then wrap ourselves in this warm blanket of assurance and ease that all is well. What will happen to us when we open the third eye? And this is by Carrie Swalwell. We become aware of the field of energy. As I mentioned before, there are certain times where I meet people and I just feel that they have real good energy, real good vibes without even talking to them for more than five minutes. And then I could meet someone else and within one minute, I'm just like, whoa, okay, I can't. This energy, something is wrong. Something is wrong. That is an example of what could happen. And I have experienced that. We realize we are not just our bodies, minds, and emotions. We can access planes of higher consciousness. We discover that peace, love, and joy are not found outside of us. The last two that I just mentioned, um, I, I might have experience accessing planes of higher, higher consciousness. And I feel that I have experienced that through dreams. And I'll explain a little in a little bit. And when it comes to peace, love, and joy outside of ourselves, uh, it took me, I, I don't think I've ever sought to feel that love and peace and joy from someone else. I've always tried to cultivate that within myself, but I do witness a lot of people trying to find it outside of themselves through people, through their jobs, through everything. And I, I never could understand how you would find that there. I've even tried to convince myself like, okay, well, maybe if I, if I sought it outside of me, maybe I'd be much happier. And when I tried it, I hated it. It wasn't me. And I just kind of went back to what I was doing before, which was working on me, working on building that I am sufficient in me. And so I have never sought peace, love, and joy from other people. But then when I do meet people who have a, a certain type of energy, who's looking at me like I am supposed to provide that to them, I get up and I walk away. They don't see me again. And I've never put anyone in the position of feeling like they are responsible for my happiness. So so that I can make them miserable. That's just a miserable thing to do. And misery likes company. But since I'm not a miserable person, I will never go out of my way and make someone feel like they are my end all and that they need to give to make me unconditionally happy every moment of every day. And that's their sole purpose in my life. That is not their job. So with that... I have discovered that peace, love, and joy within myself. And so I, I really do hope that if you're listening to this podcast episode and what I mentioned before is very similar to, to how you're going about your life, expecting others to make you happy rather than finding that happiness within yourself, I hope you take what I just said and apply that to your life and stop blaming your unhappiness on other people when really you are just unhappy with yourself. Fix that and you will be much happier. You will find the inner peace that you are looking for. So as for higher consciousness, I mentioned that I access this through my dreams. That's, that's how it comes to me. And I wanted to share this. When I was writing this podcast episode, I was actually planning on recording, recording it that night. And I decided not to because I was talking to my cousin, uh, Mali, in Philly. And um, 
we were talking the whole night and I decided, you know what, I'm a little bit too tired. I'm not going to record it tonight. I feel like I need to just kind of sleep on it. So I went to bed and I couldn't go to sleep for some reason. I just, I've been struggling with insomnia lately and that's because a lot of things have been going on in my life and I'm just trying to, you know, categorize and um, just put them in their categories (laughs) so that I can finally get some sleep. Um, but of course my procrastination over these past few months is the reason why I'm in this situation. And so now I'm going to have to deal with the consequences, which is going to be lack of sleep. But when I did finally fall asleep, you know, three hours later, I, I, sometimes it's very difficult for me because once I close my eyes and I go into sleep, I can't tell the difference between a, a, a dream that I made up. You know, you go to sleep and you just you just start fantasizing about something. And I can never tell the difference between that or a, a dream that comes from the divine, a higher consciousness, because that's some that's how the universe communicates with me is through visions and through dreams. And I realized that years ago, but I could never tell when when it's happening and when it isn't. So I guess I need a few more years of doing it to truly understand the difference between the two. So in the dream that I had, I thought it was a dream that I came up with. But again, I I don't see why I would even come up with a dream like this. So I happened to be at a party in this dream. And I really like the dress I was wearing too. If I can find it, I will buy it because it has been in my dream. And there was this little boy there that I had met before. And I've seen this boy like maybe twice. But for some apparent reason, he popped up in my dream again. And I happened to be standing there and I was talking to people at this party and I was drinking my wine because I like wine, my reds. And and I was wearing this yellowish orange. I think it was more yellow than orange, but it was more of a, a burnt kind of yellow dress that fit perfectly. It wasn't too tight and it wasn't too big, but it was just perfect. It was very elegant. Um, And so this kid comes up to me and, you know, we're talking, which in real life, we've never spoken. I've seen this child, but we have never spoken. But the one thing I remembered about him the first time I met this little boy is that he had this energy about him and the energy that he was giving off was like a glow. And even though I I could see it, but then it's almost like it turns off and it turns on. So, for example, if I'm looking at somebody else and that kid is in my my peripheral vision, um, I would see him glow. And then when I look at him directly, he didn't. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it. But I knew what I saw. And I knew that this child had this amazing glow about him, almost like the sun. That's what I saw when I looked at him was the sun. And so I didn't really need to speak with him. I just recognized his energy and and just loved the kid for that, but did not overstep my boundaries by being a little too close or touching him in any way, just kept my distance and just looked at him and we communicated through looks. Um, so in the dream, this this kid pops up again. And he comes over and we're talking in the dream. And I was like, okay, that's odd. We've never spoken. Okay, am I making this dream up or is this dream trying to tell me something? Again, I really do need to learn how to interpret dreams. I will eventually get there in my lifetime, but we will see when that time comes. And um, he was there and, you know, he was just standing beside me and he was holding my hands or he was touching my leg. Again, we've never touched in real life. 
And so he ended up going behind me because he his attention was taken from from me to whatever it was. And I happened to be speaking to someone with my back to him. And I just remember talking to this person and we're in a conversation and we're laughing and we're talking. And I just felt in the dream like this 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 thing was crawling up my back. And I was like, what the hell? But it was like a trigger. And I turned around to seeing this child about to take a toy from this woman. But the woman had a pleasant smile on her face, but it was it was still it was hiding something sinister. Like you couldn't see it, but it's the way the smile was set on her face that just reminded me like this this woman something's wrong with this lady. So before he took the gift that she was giving to him, I grabbed his hand. And I pulled him away from her. And I just remembered in that moment giving her a sinister smile myself. And she made eye contact with me. And I looked at her and she was trying to talk with me, you know, like, oh, you must be the parent of this child or the caregiver or something. And I just kept looking at her. Didn't say a word. Of course, I want her to feel awkward. I want her to understand that she is not invited. You cannot sit with us. And the child kind of looked scared, like I was holding his hand, but I could feel his heartbeat through his hand, that he was scared. He was scared of this person. And at first I kept thinking, okay, well, maybe he's scared of me and not the actual woman. Maybe I'm overreacting. And so the lady took this toy truck that she had and she realized that I was not going to interact with her. I was not going to give her a pass to make it seem as though she was, in fact, you know, getting the getting the stamp of approval from me, I just kept staring at her until she understood she needs to leave. So she finally got it and she walked away with the toy in her hand. Thankfully, I stopped him before he even touched the toy. But I just felt in that moment in time, in that dream, that if he had touched that toy or taken that toy, that she was going to take something from him. And it was not a physical, tangible thing. I just felt like this woman, some, something was off about this woman. So I remember kneeling down and talking to him and just saying to him that, you know, I wish someone had told me when I was younger that there are people out there that can take things from us, take things from us that are inside of us, things that we don't know that we have. And so when that is taken from us, we are going to feel that loss. Someone can take your toy, someone can take your clothes, someone can take tangible things that you see every single day that was maybe given to you by family members. And you may miss that for a while, but that that thing inside of you, that glow that you give off, the first glow that I saw in you, if someone takes that from you, you are going to feel it. You are going to feel an imbalance. You're going to feel like you've lost something of value in your life. Material things aren't valuable, but you, what's in you, the gifts in you is valuable. So you need to to know this. And I remember thinking as this dream was happening at like four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> This dream was happening about four o'clock in the morning and I thought to myself, I wish, I wish I had someone to say that to me when I was younger because kids, their chakras are open. With children, they see things that adults don't see. And so it means that their spiritual enlightenment is a lot higher than most adults in this world. They can sense energy. They can feel it. You can literally feel it from the womb. Like a lot of people would say that, you know, when a, when a mother goes through something traumatic in their lives, like the baby in her womb would feel it. That's a spiritual thing. 
that is a spiritual thing and the child can be born with that trauma even though the child didn't experience it they did because they're spiritual beings we are spiritual beings from the womb coming out we're spiritual and so when i said that to him i felt a great sadness because i did remember meeting someone one day and even though my intuition was saying you need to be careful with this person it didn't click and after spending some time with this person i felt like i lost something just being in that person's presence i felt like i lost something and the way the person was looking at me and smiling at me as if they won something or they took something and they're glad they took it and they're just looking at me like yes i got it it didn't click at that moment in time, but I remember just going home that day and sitting down on my couch and, and thinking to myself, why do I feel like I lost something? Why do I feel like someone just took something from me and I have no idea what it was? And in that moment in time, I wish I had met someone who told me to, to protect this part of myself to protect this light that I may have. And it took me a while. I ended up staying away from that person from that day forward because that person still wanted to hang out and this person still wanted to constantly gloat in front of me like they won something. But I realized that when I lost what I lost, it was with this person and I could never give this person access to me again. So I ended it. But that's how I felt in the dream. And then the dream changed for some reason into sitting down in uh, someone's dining room and the child happens to be there again and this random woman who was with the child's family and friends was sitting there I still don't know who the hell she is and she starts talking about you know just something and I don't remember what it was because it wasn't important what I was focused on was the fact that the child was now standing beside me and he's looking at me so I pulled out my chair a little bit and he came and sat on my lap and I didn't understand and then somehow the conversation developed into talking about energy and then I was explaining to the girl that this child had a crown on its head no one can see it but it's glowing very brightly and this child is just exuding brightness like the sun but no one could see it Everyone at the table was quiet while I was talking to this female, and I did not know why I was talking to this female. So I ended up telling the story of the dream, in the dream, to this random lady. And then out of nowhere, this black man shows up, you know, around my age. Don't know, I don't even know who he is. I still don't know who the hell he is. I've never met him ever in my entire life. And he comes out, he comes around the dream and he sat behind me and somehow the conversation developed into who do you think that woman was and i said i thought she was a witch and he says are you sure she was a witch or do you feel like she was a demon and i said i feel the difference between a witch and a demon is that a witch in every story from from uh, the sanderson sisters um, to any other witch stories that are out there they're always using spells to get something so I feel like the toy that she was given to him, if he even if he didn't take the toy, if he had just touched the toy, she would have had access to steal this 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 non tangible thing from him. That's within his soul. It's in his soul. It's in his spirit to steal that from him. And so that was the spell. The spell was to to cast on this toy to get him to touch it so that she can have access to taking it. I feel a demon doesn't really need to cast spells on items to give it to them so that they can take something in return. So I said, that's the reason why I felt like she was a witch. 
and so he says well she could still be a witch and part demon and i said yes but demons i i just don't feel like she's a complete demon demon she might have a demon influence but i feel like she was more of a witch and then i explained to him even though he was sitting behind me and i can't i couldn't see his face because he, he first he was in front of me and i saw his face didn't know who the hell he was but we were familiar it's almost like we knew each other and he sat behind me and we're having this conversation the girl is sitting there looking at me like i'm confused i don't understand this story and i realized okay the point of the story is not about this random girl that i've never met the pro the part of the story with his family sitting at the table listening to had nothing to do with him he was quietly sitting in my lap this had nothing to do with this 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 dream it was a conversation that i was having with this gentleman and it's always it was almost like this this gentleman in in the dream was teaching me something so i know the story seems really long but the dream was very vivid <laughs> it was really real for me it felt like i was there and this happened right after writing this this conversation so i i can't remember the rest of the dream but he he also said at the end of the dream that it was good that I happened to be there because a lot of people don't understand that children have these accesses. These children can't, are, you know, that's why they're, these people are so obsessed with children and taking things from children and using children. And that's why certain pedophiles like children, they want to take something from them. These are, are witches or demons that want to steal that prize that are, are within children. And he was saying that he wished a lot of parents would recognize that their children need to be protected because they're young. They don't know how to defend themselves. They don't know how to protect themselves, especially from people who want to take their innocence away from them. And so that I understood that that was a point of the dream. The point of the dream was just to to reinforce the thought process that I have with writing this podcast episode that children do have complete access to all of these seven chakras. They are very much more spiritual than adults are and they're very easily influenced and a lot of people like to take that away because they have maybe lost it at some point in their lives and when they see a child that is not theirs, they think, okay, maybe I can take it and get away with it. The child won't know, right? And so <laughs> I'm gonna end that story there but that was my interpretation of this dream and then i just remembered blacking out after that dream and i woke up the next day just feeling like i didn't sleep at all even though i was sleeping so that's that's the part where i was mentioning the access accessing planes of higher consciousness and i also mentioned in the previous podcast episode that you know, when you are reaching enlightenment and awakening, you have access to teachers in either in the spiritual planes or, or outside of it. And keep in mind, a, a really good example of this in the Bible uh, would be Revelations. And that book is based on John who kind of went into a, either a meditative state or he was in he was sleeping and he crossed to a different dimension and in this dimension he saw all of these things but if you ever read revelations again that is 
that is a, a a perfect example of the third eye slash the crown and achieving spiritual awakening to basically be asleep in your your body and be able to transcend outside of your body to go into a different dimension and experience something completely different while he was in that dimension he met jesus with how many wings i think it was seven and you know he had a round table like the like the halo like the crown and all of these animals came up with their different figures and he was trying to explain everything that he saw and he put it in the book of revelations so that is another example of of the awakening <laughs> and some of the things that could happen to you uh in that awakened state there's also you know i mentioned that your fear of death is is basically removed and at some point in the bible you had was it daniel was it the book of daniel i cannot remember i haven't read the bible in years but there was uh someone who worshiped i think it might be daniel but i could be wrong hopefully i remembered correctly but he was cast into a fire and and yet even though he was surrounded by fire and there was witnesses there who wanted to witness his death by fire he was not burned he was protected and when he came out of that fire there was no evidence that the fire had ever touched him in any way so that's another example of you know just miracles <laughs> that happens when you are at an awakened state where you see the world differently where you are connected to a specific consciousness a consciousness that's way above all of us but anywho, let's get back into this discussion. There can be fear around opening our third eye, but that is only created through the fear itself. As your energy is directed by your thoughts, if you are afraid and feel you will have a negative experience through your awakening, then that is what you are creating. If you are trusting and surrendering to a beautiful loving depth within you that is what you will access and experience you move as fast as your conscious and subconscious allows you to on your path of of awakening the more you surrender and trust the more powerful you will connect i'm telling you i really do need to learn dream interpretation because i just keep having weird dreams vivid dreams almost three times a week and i've always in the past whenever these vivid dreams have happened i'd wake up going what does that mean i think i know what it means but i'm not really sure and i allow time and space <laughs> to prove what the dream actually meant over time like i just go through life and just wait for the universe to just show up and go okay well this is what the dream was about and present it to me in that moment and even if it's actually happening live and there's not an, a, a voice in my head saying this is what the dream was about while it's happening i go wait wasn't this the dream and i remember i did not forget so i will i would love to learn about dream inter interpretation because again my dreams are so vivid they're just crazy <laughs> that, that i would like to just skip the process of just waiting until the universe interpret it, interprets the dream for me 
<laughs> but at the same time, kind of waking up in the morning confused and going through my, my day and allowing the universe to bring me that answer through my day is actually a lot more exciting for me. So I don't think I would actually change it, but I do need to learn about dream interpretation because sometimes I just, I'm just lost. I, I, I think I know what it's about, but I'm just lost. And thankfully upon doing this, this podcast episode, I realized that, you know, that dream maybe was trying to tell me something I needed to include in this podcast episode before I record it. And maybe that's the reason why I held off and just said, maybe I just need to go to sleep for a minute and then do it. But either way, I just knew upon recording this podcast episode that I have to share it. Hopefully you get the meaning better than I did. And I also uh, needed to learn how to interpret it and since I, I'm already listening, since I'm already paying attention, since I try not to forget any of these dreams, I still need to learn how to interpret it. All right, so that's the break that I'm going to give you guys. But developing the third eye is the doorway to all things psychic. The illusion of separation between self and spirit dissolves when the third eye connection is cultivated. While the physical eye perceives the physical world, the third eyes see the true world, a unified whole with an unyielding connection to spirits. The benefits of opening your third eye can include mental clarity, improved concentration, clear self-expression, strengthened intuition, a sense of bliss, um, decisiveness, and insight. The role of the third eye has also been discussed in parapsychology or the study of unexplained mental phenomena. Some believe that when open the third eye acts as a doorway for spiritual communication. I would end the podcast episode here, but I wanted to take five more minutes to talk about the crown chakra. The crown chakra and third eye work closely together, in my opinion. Crown chakra is driven by consciousness and gets us in touch with the universe. The symbol of the crown chakra is composed of a circle or a thousand petals. I hope mine's a thousand petals. My name is Orchid. It'd be cool if it was a thousand petals. We have seen the halo on religious figures all over the world. And when I say religious figures all over the world. I mean the images that people bring into their homes. Like for example, some of you might have a picture of Jesus Christ. And in this picture, he has a halo of light on his head. That is the crown chakra. It is a it is a depiction of godliness. In every picture of the crown or a halo is used, has been used in centuries in many religions. Um, in all those pictures, as I was trying to state, is that 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 was a representation that they are above us, that they have reached a, a level of enlightenment and spirituality that that surpasses death and life. Um, it's the crown chakra. If anyone wants to say that a depiction of the crown chakra is not in the Bible, read it again. It is there. This crown chakra is is all over 
all over that Bible. And even in the Revelation one, the one where the lion came out with the seven wings as John was explaining this different world that he was he was in and all the things that he saw, he also had a crown. And John said that he was a representation of Jesus Christ. The crown chakra is at the top of the head or slightly above the head, which there are certain images that you know people have received or they buy in the the christian store um or any religious location where some of the pictures it looks like his the jesus christ's head is just glowing at the top like like the sun was rising from the back of his head and then there are other images where the crown is slightly above his head and it's it's just as bright so i think that's where that that comes from so the crown chakra is slightly or closely associated with the brain and the whole nervous system the crown chakra is associated with the following physical and behavioral characteristics such as consciousness awareness of higher consciousness wisdom of what is sacred connection with the formless the limitless realization liberation from limited patterns communion with higher state of consciousness with ecstasy and bliss and also presence we feel a state of blissful union with all that is of spiritual ecstasy this chakra allows access to the utmost clarity and enlightened wisdom to activate your crown chakra one you need to be quiet number two you need to meditate number three you need to expand your mind with books and podcasts specifically this one Um, number four create a gratitude practice now i don't know if you've been listening to my podcast um, since its conception but every year um, i go through a state of quietness quiet um i don't have any music i if i do watch tv i'm not speaking i don't communicate with people as much i don't go out i'm just it's almost like i am walking meditating if that makes any sense where i am in silence i remember going through a, a fast of silence where I wasn't allowed to speak for days. And this happens every January. I like to do this. I don't know what it is, but during January, I just I just go through a moment of complete silence where I just don't speak to anyone. I mean, I'll text you, but I don't want to pick up the phone and call you and I don't want to talk. I don't want to do anything. It's just quiet. And it's so peaceful for me when I dedicate some time in the year, such as January, to do this. And it's almost like a walking meditation. And even though I'm sitting on the couch and my surroundings is super quiet, I'm having vivid visions and dreams. And I'm quiet through all of it. And I'm having this picture just play out in front of my mind while my eyes are open in this meditative state, just sitting on my couch watching something and a communication and a dialogue is happening and when it is time to to get out of that quiet state i find myself participating in these visions where i'm having the discussion with these 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 people that i don't know and i i I know they're not there and i can't really see them but it's almost like a part of my my eyesight is seeing them there and then there's 
the part of my eyesight showing me that this is the real world and there's no one there and I'm having this a discussion with them and that's usually the sign that it's time to, time to get out of my quietness. And of course, I'm doing all of this in a meditative state where I am awake, but I am not all at the same time. I'm not sleeping. I know I'm awake, but I feel like I'm just having an outer body experience while in my own body. I really don't know if I'm explaining this properly, but I just wanted to let you know that what the what they're suggesting as an activation of the crown chakra is something that I do every January. Every January, my body just works like clockwork. It knows when it's going to do that. Um, and then during the spring and the summer, that's when, you know, the heart chakra, which is green, I like to be surrounded by, by nature. I like to go hiking and things like that. Um, and that is a meditative state for me as well. So it really depends on the person and how you go about connecting or cleansing or healing or, and stimulating and opening your chakras. But I have a process that I, I do. Um, yeah. So the last fourth, I mentioned creating a gratitude practice. So I wanted to kind of dive into that for the next two minutes um, before this podcast episode has come to a conclusion. What I'm trying to say is that I want to conclude with the talk about gratitude. Gratitude is a conscious, positive emotion one can express when feeling thankful for something, whether tangible or intangible. Gratitude implies much more than showing good manners. It is a practice that requires acknowledging someone's or someone else's gesture towards us or the time or the things that are going well in our lives. Five ways to practice gratitude. Each day, think of three things you're thankful for. For those that are religious, you can pray about it. I know that I do that in the mornings. I haven't done it in a while because I was going through something and I tend to shut down when I'm going through something and I just go into a place of quietness to try to control my emotions. But before this challenge, I would wake up in the morning and before I even take a shower or drink any water or anything, I would say out loud, you know, thank you God for blessing me. And I just kind of list all the blessings that I would have would have received every single day in my life so I would thank him for my health I thank him for my shelter I thank you for my food I thank you for my family and my friends and I I just kind of go through the list of thanking him for his guidance thanking him for his love and this is what I would put in a prayer every morning and this this is how I would list all of the things that I was grateful for and I would even go in depth by talking about um, something that happened to me during the day before or during the week and just saying thank you god for this opportunity this open door like you are an amazing god and that is what i would do but for some of you who are maybe atheists who are not religious you can just literally wake up in the morning and say i am thankful for this this and this and that's your three things that you would do or you would say every morning a lot of people would just go into the wake up in the morning going through their bathroom before taking a shower and they would say you know positive affirmations some people have a list of three every day. Um, some people might have a list of five. And they would say this in a mirror to themselves every single morning. Well, you can do that as a means to show gratitude, uh, as, a, as a practice every morning to list all the things that you are grateful for. 
So that's one way to practice gratitude. The second way is start a gratitude journal. This is an ex- excellent self therapy technique. Um, a gratitude journal has been proven to activate brain areas that are related to morality and positive emotions. People who would find purpose and feel grateful for the good things that come out of a challenging situation show higher resilience, forgiveness, and detachment. I used to have a grateful journal or gratitude journal, and I was trying to find it um, prior to, to um, write, or not even prior, but after writing this podcast episode and then going through that whole dream um I was looking for it and I I can't find it. <laughs> but it's somewhere. This is why I need to organize. This is this and I've been procrastinating with the organization. I need to find a filing cabinet and I need to file everything so that it's easy for me to find all of these things that I used to do. But I did have a gratitude journal before and I would write down all the wonderful things that would happen to me on a daily basis and I would write the dates of the the, the things that happened. And you know what? I am truly considering doing it again. I am thinking about going um, to going out to the dollar store and buying a few journals that I can do again. I even wanted to. I was even thinking that I should go and buy uh, a, a notebook that I can write my dreams down, like all the vivid dreams that I would get. Just write it down and put the date on it. <laughs> Um, just to keep track of things, but it's so time consuming to write out my dreams because it's so vivid. Um, but uh, the gratitude journal, like I said, I've done it before and I, honestly, I, I loved it. Just kind of going over all the one amazing things that happen in a year to me was just so fruitful, especially at the end of the year when New Year's about to come and you grab your journal and you look through it and you go, damn, I've had a blessed year. I would suggest you do it. I would suggest you do it. And number three, thank someone new every week. (laughs) I guess someone new every week has to do something good for you, (laughs) for you to do that. Um, But I've never, you know, I've never kept track of people I I think um, because... I, th- I thank people on a daily basis, so I don't know about a new person every week, but if, if that works for you, do it. Uh, number four, meditate. I'm dying to get back into it, but as I mentioned before, I do the, the walking meditation where I could literally just be sitting on a couch completely zoned out, and it's not because I'm making myself do it. It's because my body is pushing me or forcing me into a state of meditation, And like I said, during this meditation, I have visions and I have dreams. My eyes are open and I'm wide awake and I'm just staring at my beautiful frosted white walls and I just go off. I'm still there, but all of these spiritual things are happening in my mind around me um, that no one else can see. So that is my form of meditation. It turns out I have been doing it even though I feel like I'm not meditating. And a lot of people assume that meditation means that you have to sit down in a spot, fold your legs, you know, put your hands on on your legs and turn up facing the sky with your palms open and you close your eyes and you do 15 minutes of, of meditation. But it seems that my body has just created its own form of meditation. And that type of meditation is just me sitting there quietly in peace, staring at my, again, white walls and I'm off into a different world. And this can happen for an hour or so 
<laughs> sometimes even longer. And once it's finished, I could decide to do a few yoga poses before bed, um, which you there is a, a short... Um, you can create a whole yoga pose before your bed or a yoga practice before your bed where you can do certain things and then you go then you go to sleep there even is um a a pose that i used to do in yoga that i would literally do in my bed before i go to bed and and when i was doing this this yoga pose i find that it made me use my breathing exercises and i would practice my breathing while i'm doing these yoga poses and by the time you know in the when the yoga is about to finish and they say relax your feet as you're lying on your back uh, for pm yoga and then it says relax your legs and then you relax your stomach and you're supposed to start from the bottom all the way up i would literally do that at night and that's what i would do and i stopped doing it and maybe that's the reason why I have insomnia now. But I, I did that. And by the time it reaches my my forehead and just relaxing my head, I would just pass right out. <laughs> so that is something that you can also put in practice. I had to create so many different ways of, of doing all of this with my busy lifestyle um, to make it work because I wouldn't make the time. And the last thing is focus more on others' intentions. When you receive a gift or a nice gesture from someone, consider how they intended to bring good into your life. Take a moment to visualize the willingness to help you, make you feel happy, or be there for you in a challenging moment. Okay. So (laughs) that concludes this podcast episode. I am sorry I could not carry on, but we are more than an hour in the podcast episode. And maybe my my, uh, dream was a little too long in trying to explain it to you because I'm still trying to process it myself. Um, I apologize for that. But I really do hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and that you took something from it and something that you can apply to your life. If this is something that you are actively working on in your life, then this podcast episode is going to be very helpful for you, both of these episodes. And if this is something that you are trying to accomplish now, but you did not know how to begin and you just came upon my podcast episode one and two and thought, wow, this is really good, then I hope this is beneficial for you. So thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Visit our website at taonetwork.ca and our social media pages, which are Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession Network, Instagram at The Ambitious Net, and Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. My personal Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are, well is at orchid eye brown don't forget to click the follow or subscribe button under the podcast on whichever platform you are listening to it on follow 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 and share your favorite episodes with your family and your friends i hope you have a splendid day (laughs) 